mean, how is it that you can disrespect a man's ethnicity when you know we've influenced nearly every facet of white America, from our music to our style of dress, not to mention your basic imitation of our sense of cool? Walk, talk, dress, mannerisms. We enrich your very existence, all the while contributing to the gross national product through our achievements in corporate America. It's these conceits that comfort me when I'm faced with the ignorant, cowardly, bitter, and bigoted who have no talent, no guts. People like you who desecrate things they don't understand when the truth is you should say thank you, man, and go on about your way. But I would like, if I may, to take you on a strange journey. Welcome to Nine Cents. Nine Cents is a satanic perspective of our modern world, and I'm your host, Reverend Campbell. It is June 6th. It's not June 6th. It's June 7th. I even have it written as June 7th on the screen. I don't know why I didn't read it. And as of today, we have 7,031,381 worldwide cases of COVID-19 with 403,138 deaths. And I got a great show for you this week. That's right. We're going to start today with the devil's advocate that I suspect is going to go a little bit long. <sighs> Compassion and Satanism? In the second segment, Infernal Informant, Marines ban Confederate flag 155 years after the end of Civil War. In the last segment, Creature Feature, I want to talk about one of my favorite movies. Glory. That's right. And I'm bawling at the end of it every single time, no matter how many times I've seen it. So that's the show. Um, some quick notes here. That opening was a scene from the film Be Cool, which was the sequel to Get Shorty. Both of them are really great films, but Be Cool had this really great racial epitaph monologue. And so I thought it, at every opportunity I get to play that in some context, I love playing it because it is absolutely true. And it is very, very, very poignant to today, I think, as much as it was back in the, I think, 90s when it was filmed uh, or maybe... Yeah, late 90s, I think. Um, yesterday, I'm still hungover. Yesterday, I went to that Scott, scotch tasting get-together. I drank a lot of scotch. A lot of scotch. <laughs> and it's weird because it was this uh, amalgamation. I don't know if you guys are the same way. Let me know if, you, the, the, if this is how you guys roll as well. I'm a little bit different depending on who I'm with. So I give them a version of Adam and not everyone gets the same version. And what's strange is that when I run into one group of friends whom I've given, let's just say version A to, and then they are with me, version A Adam, with another group of friends who is like version B Adam, they both see completely separate aspects of me that I've never revealed to them before. And so sometimes there's like, who the fuck is this guy? What is he? What is this? You know, I don't even recognize who he is or 
or maybe it's not that dramatic, but it's certainly like, wow, I never thought that would be a part of who he is. Um, and I run into this from time to time. Yesterday was one of those times where I just had different Satanist friends who all coalesced together. And it was interesting. It was interesting. Um, and it's weird because the your natural inclinations when you're in specific company um, can actually somehow become expected or... Um, What's the word I'm looking for? Um, it just becomes like a like a game or a, like a joke, your behavior, right? And so something that I started doing because I just thought it would be really funny and just to see if someone noticed is now this expected behavior. So much so that last night I actually felt a little pressured to exercise this behavior when I just wasn't really in that zone. And so I'm starting to question whether or not I should mix A and B together or whether or not I should just stop altogether. I mean, the truth is, is that I have the friends that I have, I'll say. I have them for very specific reasons. Um, and I don't know why I segment off my behaviors from them. I mean, probably because I've been burned a lot in the past where people are like, oh, that's too much. You need to, you need to tamp that down. Um, but I don't know. Do you guys do you guys give different versions of yourself to different groups of people that you consider friends? Of course we do that in the public. That's lesser magic. But I mean, the intimacy of a friendship, are you supposed to just open wide the gates and stride forth? Or do you sort of tamp it down a little bit? Let me know in the chat. I'm curious. Let's uh, let me give a quick shout out to the people in chat. Behemoth Rules, how you doing, man? Thanks for joining. It's so early. Uh, Valeria, how are you, my dear? Zachary, what's up, man? Clinton, I just saw you earlier. How you doing? Uh, Wes, my man. I Skyped him last night. Mid-drunkery. <laughs> I was so fucked up. <laughs> it was ridiculous. I'm surprised you stayed on the line as long as you did. <laughs> Because <laughs> I, th I think everyone was pretty incoherent. Um, Dallas, just saw you earlier too. How you doing, man? Uh, dog. Man, this is like a reunion of the book club. <laughs> is what this is. How you guys doing? Uh, Scott, thanks for joining. Rodrigo. How you doing? Sean, thanks for joining. Kyle, what's up, man? Blake, thank you. Good to see you. Jason, what up? And thank you, Clinton, for that earlier i appreciate that stephanie how you doing cameron even you holy shit this is the the greatest hits of all uh shows here um all right i think that's everyone everyone's in ho ho the gang's all here book club we're reading uh fire from within I had a really good time talking about it a really good time i i'm very much looking forward to the next session i think it's going to be good if you're in there Good on you. Peanut butter toast. How you doing? Okay. So here's the deal. <sighs> Actually, I was about to start The Devil's Advocate, and I didn't run the intro to The Devil's Advocate. What the? What, uh, amateur hour here. How about we do a little bit of The Devil's Advocate?
want to start this with a definition. Compassion. Sympathetic consciousness of others' distress together with a desire to alleviate it. This is the core of the conversation that I'm going to be having. And it's because the older I get, I find myself to be more compassionate in general. Um, and so I... Hold on, let me get this image up really quick. There we go. Whoa, that's really close to me. Scoot, scoot. Um, Satanism demands study, not worship. Um, we have this sort of almost watch phrase of, of uh, um, question all things, including the religion, including your relationship with the religion, uh, your connection to it. And so I often find myself asking, why am I a Satanist? What, what is it about the religion that attracts me to it, that speaks to me? What is it within me that is connected with this religion? What are my natural behaviors, the patterns that I find within myself that reverberate to the same tone, the dissonant connection, uh, the resonant connection. Um, so let me, let me sort of take a step back and, and walk you through my thought process and why I, I do this um, and why I think it's important. Everyone has a, their own moral codes, right? Their own um, natural way of seeing the world and it's informed in part because of where you were raised, the region, the culture in which you were raised in, life experiences that you've had. Um, all of this and then your own choices equal how you view the world, right? Um, and then if you then discover Satanism and you then connect with it, you bring all of that baggage with you, uh, good and bad, all together, right? And this is how you can have some people who join the organization are convinced that they are in fact Satanists and then for whatever reason leave and say they're no longer Satanists. Well, they never were in the first place. But they were convinced that they were, right? So what is it about the natural rhythms that they had when they identified as a Satanist and when they connected with the religion of Satanism that they then lost or changed? Is it life experience? Is it choices that you make that you then reflect differently on those chords that once connected you to the religion? Um, and if it's possible for other people to go through that process, is it possible for me? What behaviors do I have that are just natural to who I am as a human being? Um, what behaviors do I have and exhibit that are not connected to Satanism? And does that mean that I am not actually a Satanist? And it's something that I've always asked and I've always pondered because the truth is, is I'm, I'm more interested in being honest with myself than um, trying to fit into a mold. 
whatever you would imagine the mold of a Satanist would be. So let me explain to you the mold of Satanist that I witnessed that drew me to the religion and ultimately to join um, the organization. Um, I came up in a time when it was I'm relatively common to run across very extreme portraying Satanists, right? So you had your Boyd Rices and your Diabolus Rexes, and um, you had your artists who made art out of shitting, you know, Leva. Um, you, you had these extreme visions of what a Satanist can aspire to, can be. You had Brian Moore, who is an, ama who is an amazing sculptor. Um, artist of, of master level. Um, you have these individuals who, as you coming into this religion, look at and say, well, clearly that's, that's what a Satanist is, right? And you had, some of them were racists, racists. Some of them were bigots. Some of them were misogynists. Um, is that Satanism? If, if what they are is that icon of Satanism that I came into the organization looking at, this um, elite, almost arrogant, almost counterproductive pride swelling inside of them in their public personas, bloviated to a greater than mortal size, right? Some of them hide behind fake names so that people don't realize who they actually are. Not because they're afraid of the public finding out they're a Satanist, but they're afraid of Satanists finding out who they actually are. They present this image that is unforgiving and chilling and hard. They're always sure about themselves. They have firm beliefs that do not alter or change. You read the Satanic Bible, and it is raw power and emotion. Book of Satan, anyway. Very, very hard line understood. It just hits you in the face. We are unforgiving. We are violent in our aggressive thoughts, and our actions are with intention and force. The nine Satanic statements brutal and hard the 11 rules of the earth rational but firm in no part of do not turn thy cheek if someone smash you uh, if someone smack you uh turn and smite him on his if someone smacks you on i'm fucking fucking it up um if someone hits you on your uh left cheek smash him on his right or something like that um, I butchered that, sorry, but you get the reference. Um, do not love thy enemy, hate them with all of your heart, right? And then I'm forced to say, yes, 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 that is, that is like me. That's how I see the world. And then I see a young mother in the checkout line in front of me who is paying by food stamps and the, the, Lady says, no, you can't have all of this because your food stamps are not enough. And so she puts 
like some vegetables off to the side so that her and her two infant children can, you know, pay with the money that they have. And my heart kind of breaks a little bit. And I immediately just offer to, to, to pay for that because why? Because I have compassion for this woman that I've never met, whom I know nothing about. But I want to do whatever I can in that moment to fix what I feel is wrong. And that makes me feel good. So in that instance, on an on a interpersonal level, on an intimate one-on-one, -on -one, of course, compassion is copacetic with Satanism. Because it's a choice that you make on an individual basis. And let's be honest, Satanism is all about self-interest. It is all about you. It is a very selfish religion. But how selfish is it if you feel compassion for others? And you do have Satanists out there, for whatever reason, who are very hardline on this. I don't give a fuck about anyone else. They can all go and die. I'm going to worry about me and mine, period. And I, I don't always agree with the, every case of that. And so I have to ask, is my compassion damaging Satanism? And then if I have a platform like this, where I'm speaking to an audience, and then people you know, in the future will hear this, are they going to say, no, 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 look, Reverend Campbell just said that compassion is part of Satanism, so we must be compassionate to all people. Am I damaging Satanism by simply speaking to it on a regular basis for the past nine fucking years? I ask myself these questions. Because the truth is, I don't want Satanists to discover Satanism, look at me, and do what I did to those other people and say, that's Satanism. Because that's not the truth of it. Satanism is an aspect of who a person is, not the totality of who a person is, right? And so everything else that I exhibit, if it doesn't line up with that satanic Bible, does it mean that I find affinity with the religion, but I'm not part of the religion? I don't know. Um, so this is an interesting question, Dallas says. If compassion is antithetical to Satanism, then why do we have compassion rituals? Okay, see? Not bad. Again, interpersonal, connected, one-on-one -on -one relationship. You are sending your compassion to that one person, thing, idea, whatever, for your reasons, right? So I rationalize it away and say, if I can solve a problem that I feel I should solve on an interpersonal level, then I'm going to do it. If I need to perform a compassion ritual, thank you for that, uh, Dallas, then I'll do that. What if it's a larger scale? Um, it's easy to feel compassion on an individual basis and rationalize it away. We have tools to do so. But what about a larger scale? 
what about watching police mow down innocent bystanders or disperse legally constitutionally protected protest, peaceful protest, with tear gas and rubber bullets, just because. Or police driving through a peaceful protest and for no reason start opening fire on them and start tear gassing them. All of this footage is out there. And so I start to feel compassion for those peaceful protesters. And it's a human reaction. I don't know them. It's certainly not intimate one-on-one. -on -one. It's a situational awareness where I'm seeing injustice and I'm wishing that I could do something to stop it. And then I stop and think, well, wait a second. Is my care for a common good antithetical to Satanism? If we don't question, we can never find the right answers, right? Um, and I don't think I have an answer for this, if I'm going to be honest with you guys. Um, I, I, I brought this up as a way of an open dialogue with the chat room, which I see you guys chatting, and I'm, I'm going to dive in here in just a second. Um, but I, wanna, I wanted to, one, I wanted to set up the situation, set up the concept that I wanted to have a conversation about. And then two, honestly, honestly tackle this idea. Because I hate groups, religious organizations, for example, that have soup kitchen, kitchens and just take care of everyone and anyone just because they feel like it's the good thing to do. I don't agree with that notion. And yet, I can still feel compassion for the individuals that are being helped and feel a need to want to help them. But then I don't. And it could be laziness. It could be I just don't want to fucking bother for whatever reason. So is compassion with inaction any more justified to be satanic, whatever the fuck that means, than compassion with action? And then what if you have a group of Satanists? A group of individual Satanists who are going out. And they start a soup kitchen. Is that still Satanism? Well, there's certainly individual Satanists performing something. And I guess the only time it would actually be considered non-Satanic is if they said, this is a Satanic expression. This is Satanism performing this action. Not, we are individual who happen to be Satanists doing this. It's the framing, right? It's got to be the framing. But how is that framing any different of saying, this is Satanism, uh, this political action, this is a Satanic political action? How is that any different than a bunch of individual Satanists going out and doing it? It's just framing, right? It's semantics. And so is it the act that is antithetical to Satanism? Or is it just a language framing situation that makes it that way? If Satanists are so self-centered and only care about themselves and those they choose to love, choose to love, and they choose to love everyone, are they still Satanic? I mean... I've never read anything that says you can't love 
everyone, but I don't love everyone. And certainly the act of compassion does not equate love. All right, so let me pause here. I want to get your guys' thoughts in here. I'm going to scroll up to the top and see what we have. If a man smite thee on one cheek, smash him on the other. Thank you, Vasuri, for clearing that up as I stumbled through. <laughs> uh, two sides of the same coin. Uh, only by allowing the brutal can we have room to feel the beautiful. I like that, dog. Uh, did LeVay talk about uh, only helping those who help you or something? Um, no, not at all. It's all an individual choice thing. And that's that's where my thought process comes in, right? Where where is is my choices are my choices inherently non-satanic and that's really what it comes down to and here's the other part of this that i'm going to get to some other stuff here who cares who gives a fuck if you perform uh an action that is antithetical or in contrast to the satanic bible are you going to ignite into flames no. You're just a human being. No one is holding a standard Bible, flipping through pages and watching your life and making sure that, that you as an individual are doing what you need to be doing, as if there was something that needed to be done. The, the, the core point of Satanism is to celebrate carnal life, use the knowledge that exists in that carnal awareness to propel yourself to a better version of you. To have the best version of a life that you can by being the best version of a Satanist as a human being that you can. That's it. So is any behavior anti-Satanic in that construct? If it ultimately gets you to your best version of you, what could be done that would be anti-Satanic? I don't know. I don't know. If compassion, uh, let's see. Satanism is also about embracing one's human state as we uh, are social higher order mammal, uh, mammals. It's the losing of those feelings LeVay spoke against most. Right. Uh, great chat. Okay. It didn't help. Uh, the doctor became a hermit toward the end of his death. I'm not sure what context that's in. Satanism is individualism, as Jason says, and is person to person on a compassion aspect level. I totally agree. That's that's absolutely right as far as I understand it. A lot of people online don't really like the Church of Satan anymore. Oh, <laughs> blood right um, That's conjecture. I mean, you're going to find any amount of people who don't like any amount of things. I mean, how many people love mayonnaise or hate it? Um, can compassion be destructive? Mm. When is compassion destructive to yourself? right? When you're giving too much and not taking care of yourself. You can do that with your children. You love them. You show compassion to them. You dote on them all the while forgetting about your own needs. And then you are a, a shadow of what you once were when they fly the nest. And then you're sitting here with an empty shell saying, what the fuck was I doing? Or taking care of a family member or what, you know, a, an elderly parent or something, or, or just a friend, you know? You can argue whether or not they're uh, psychic vampires at that point, but altruism doesn't look good on anyone. Aha. Uh -huh. Okay. See, helping people for the sake of uh, helping them. 
Um, I'm not so uh, Bloodraven. When I gave the context of um, the individuals that I came into Satanism witnessing, they're all former members that I named, every one of them. So at this point, I don't care. They're not Satanists. You know, they move on. Uh, they do their own thing. I don't give a fuck. Uh, freedom of choice to be compassionate as you choose to be, Vasiri says. That's up to each Satanist. It's not antithetical to it unless you fail to manage it well. Right. Um, Zachary says, I don't try to be the best Satanist. I only strive to better myself. So here's the question uh, with that in mind. Why identify as a Satanist knowing that that means you as the individual and not try to be the best version of you, which is the exact same thing as saying, I'm going to be the best Satanist possible. Not the best Satanist as some sort of paragon external identity, but the better you are as an individual is equal to the better Satanist that you are as an individual, right? That's how I see it. Um... <laughs> uh, you're going off on a tangent there, blood. Okay. So, Satanism, as I always saw it, presented this sort of machismo front, right? This very sort of infantile, um, I'm going to get mine, fuck everyone else. Yeah, that's a very first phase view of Satanism. Not many people get past that view. But that is very much the front that I came into Satanism knowing. And then the more I read, and the more I studied, the more I thought, the more I just reflected on the texts and applied them to my own life, I realized that it was much broader than that. That it isn't just this, you know, rage against the machine, this, this anti-Christian dogma. It's much deeper than that. It's much richer than that. I've spoken a lot about Magister Andradramia's uh, essay on the Church of Satan, uh, My Dark Satanic Love, because it does speak to this idea that Satanists love deeply. We feel deeply. We are emotional human animals. Why would we deny that? Even if from the outside, some of those behaviors seem to be in contrast to Satanism. Um, and so why do I bring up the, the protests and stuff? Not just as some distant, tragic occurrence. But because it's a little bit worse than that, right? Because of what the protests actually mean. And, and what I'm concerned with, and it seems to be uh, no real reason for me to be concerned with it because it's not actually happening yet. I was concerned that the riots and the violence that was happening a few days uh, of this past week and a half of protests were going to outweigh the actual message of the protests, in which I completely agree. So when I see an image of an officer murdering a citizen, I feel compassion for that citizen. Because even though the reality in nature that there is no equality, I can accept that, and I do accept that because it's a reality, I live in a nation that has laws purporting to treat everyone equally. And yet they don't. And so if we as a culture, as an American society, are supposed to be representative of these ideals that are very American ideals, um, 
when we don't, it bothers me. The reason why I love America still is not because of the fucking people. It's because of the ideals. Because those ideals allow someone like me to exist. We were just speaking earlier in the book club about someone in a third world country who is not able to admit that they're a Satanist because, of course, they're in a third world country and they would be murdered. Um, well, that's not a case here. So when you see these atrocities happening, I can't help but feel compassion for it. And I want to help in some way. And so my way of helping is to vote and to encourage others to vote and to speak about it so that if it's not on someone's radar and they watch this, then it will be on their radar. They'll take the information and however they want to take it. Um, but is my showing compassion to individuals whom I've never met, who just happen to be the same citizen of a country, with, which is just imaginary borders with uh, uh, agreed upon uh, cultural norms. Is that act of mine proving to actually be in contrast to myself as an independent thinking individual that should be concerned about me and mine? Uh, Zachary says the best Satanist is a non-entity. Every Satanist sees the same code, if you will. Everyone's an individual. As I identify myself as a Satanist, my actions are my actions first and foremost. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I think we're just we're saying the exact same thing. We're just coming at it from different sides of the same exact coin here. Um, those ideals are admirable. Alas, ignorance degrades those fine ideals. I'm not sure what's that, what that's in reference to, man. Uh, freedom of choice to be as compassionate as you choose to be. That's up to you, Satanist. Yep. Uh, feeling compassion for others doesn't mean you're any less concerned about you and yours. That's very true. That's right. Absolutely. Um, I guess as this is the way I see it, right? As long as there's no call for universal action, as long as there's no satanic banner behind behind any cause that you would like to pick up or to share or be compassionate toward as long as you're doing it as an individual and not as a representative of a religious organization that's when i think it's all good do it however you like to do it but as soon as you start attaching that religiosity to it as soon as you start saying i'm doing this because i'm a satanist because of Satanism, that's when it is antithetical to the religion, right? Because all of our choices are our own. We identify as a member of a religion because we connect with the ideas in that religion, but we are not that religion. There are many parts of us that are not that religion. And so you go through life making choices as an individual and not tying it to the religion. So, is compassion a part of Satanism? No. No, I, don't, I really don't think it is. It's a part of an individual. And maybe a part of an individual Satanist. And I think this is where people get so frustrated when it comes uh, in the context of political parties, for example. Because they see individual Satanists 
exhibiting specific ideas, speaking to them. And then they say, well, but you're a Satanist. How can you think that? Well, it's because I'm a Satanist that I think. And this is where that led me, wherever that may be. And that's why you can have racist Satanists. Yeah, <laughs> as weird as that may be. Um, that's why you can have uh, progressive Satanists. You can have Satanists that, that love uh, Nazi Germany for whatever fucking reason. They connect with the religion and everything else is on them. I think it's interesting. So, <laughs> if being a bigot does not stop you from being a Satanist, showing compassion shouldn't either, right? I don't know. Zachary says, compassion is a part of Satanism. It's up to the individual Satanist to be judicious over who they give their compassion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, universalist and altruistic compassion with no discretion or focus is definitely not satanic. Here, here. As a collectivist version of it, not individualistic. Yeah, and, and so that's, that's really, I think, where, where I'm landing here, right? Everything must be from the individual position. Start with the individual. Don't ever, don't ever go on a global scale, right? Um, I, uh, I'm not sure if this is like some thesis ending <laughs> on the conversation for me, because like I said, I always question everything. And I've often thought, if these people are saying this, and I so blatantly disagree with nearly every thought that they have, am I a Satanist? What is it about Satanism that connects me to it? Right? It's a standard Bible. It's the core tenets. It's the base idea. And everything else is me. Hmm. Okay. This is a larger conversation, Zachary, but I absolutely disagree with you. Absolutely. I can be a bigot um, to whatever group I want for whatever reason I want. I'm going to treat individuals as individuals, but you should learn that if the majority of something acts X way and the majority of another group acts Y way, then it's not so crazy to expect that one individual to act as the majority of that group would act, whatever that may be. So I think uh, judging is very, very valid. Judging based on statistics is very, very valid. And that means you're a bigot. Because <laughs> all black people are this way, or all gay people are this way, or all white people are this way. No, you're a bigot. You know, you're judging people by the herd and not the individual. But as soon as you meet that individual, you're going to apply whatever logic you have, whatever preconceived notions you have, and then take them at their individual behavior. That's what Satanists do, as I see it. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah, Zachary, you're absolutely right. 
Oh, well, I think you're 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 only listening to part of what I'm saying if that's the case. Okay. So I think that's enough for this compassion conversation. Um, I guess what I would like, if I could ask anyone to take anything away from this, it would be to ask yourself these questions, um, to continue to debate with yourself. If you identify as a Satanist, why? What, what about you is satanic? And if you ever get to a point where you say, fuck nothing, move on. Go your own way. You know, do your thing. I've never gotten there. I don't suspect I ever will. But I can't rationally say that I absolutely won't ever. It would be weird. <laughs> would be very unexpected but yeah that'd be funny like two years from now you guys see me on like a evangelist website <laughs> wow you really did take a turn uh all right let's do a little infernal informant shall we change this image up and we will get into this all right so this is an article from new york post marines ban confederate flag 155 years after the end of civil war the u.s marine corps has finally banned the confederate flag from public and workspaces at its military bases 155 years after the confederate states of america surrendered to union forces Quote, the Confederate battle flag has all too often been co-opted by violent extremists and racist groups who, whose divisive beliefs have no place in our uh, core, the military branch said in a tweeted statement. Our history as a nation and events like the violence in Charlottesville in 2017 highlight the divisiveness uh, the use of the Confederate battle flag has had on our society. The directives includes banning depictions of the flag on vehicle bumper stickers, clothing, and coffee mugs. Marine General David Berger has already announced the ban of the flag in April on military.com. Berger also ordered leaders to move women into combat jobs in this April memo and to review the possibility of year-long maternity leave for female Marines and the expanding parental leave policies to same-sex partners, uh, as outlined. So they banned it from everything. Vehicle bumper stickers depictions of the flag on clothing and coffee mugs i'm torn on this i'm gonna be honest with you um the flag represents um violent extremists trying to tear apart the union they're traitors to america they're literally trying to destroy america they're stripping themselves away they're no longer american that's what that flag means it means slavery it means owning other human beings to do your dirty work so that you can live wealthy it's about rising against your american nation 
so that you can maintain slavery, breaking the laws of the union. That's what that flag means. And so nowadays people say, no, it's heritage. Yeah, it's a heritage of racism and treachery, treason. That's what it's a fucking heritage of. So on that hand, I'm like, I don't care. Like, ban it. I don't give a fuck. The other side of that is, I don't believe in banning anything. I, at all. If, and, and so here's the deal. This is a military base. So whatever, you know, they, they have to have different rules. I understand the military has very different rules for individuals. If you're a soldier, you do not have all the rights you have if you are a citizen. And so in the context of the military banning it, I understand and I'm okay with that. They have to have different rules. In the context of civilians, I just, I, I don't like the idea of telling people that they can't have symbols. Because is our symbol next? The sigil of Baphomet? What about the brimstone symbol? Yeah, it's, it's chemistry. But it's also satanic now. So they're going to ban that? What about my wolf songle? You going to ban that? I mean, I just, I don't like the idea of hiding things because then you exoticize them. Is that a word? Sounds like a, an exercise tape. Okay, exoticize today. Um, you make it exotic. You make it dangerous. You make it alluring. And then you draw dummies to it. Whereas if you just let it go, you're going to see the type of people waving those flags and you're going to steer clear on your own because you know what it means. It's just like language. You don't ban language because then people find it attractive. It's the forbidden fucking fruit. It's the law of the forbidden. Um, here in Northwestern Connecticut, we be flying that big and fat. You're more liberal. <laughs> Yeah, until uh, our segments of the population, it represents rebellion. I don't see that changing. I think you're going to ha have to wait for those people to die off. Yeah, rebellion against the nation. <laughs> I mean, people just need to take their logic like a couple steps further. You know, it's rebellion. Yeah, well, I like the generally too. I like Dukes of Hazard. They were rebellious kids running from the sheriff. But that's not what the flag was being used for. It's called the battle flag for a reason, right? It's funny. Um, leave symbols for the simple-minded. Interesting. Interesting, Adrian. I like that. Nazis stole pagan stuff. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Um, banning only leads to further demonization of something that may not have been negative in the first place. For sure, you're right. You're absolutely right. I like that. Strange paradox with the banning, suppressing of words, images, symbols, etc. is that they're a boomerang effect of, uh, cognitively. It has been demonstrated repeatedly in peer-reviewed psych studies. Hmm, Freighter. Right. That's just logical behavior, right? You ban something, people learn about it, they are drawn to it, they pick it back up, and then if they don't take the original meaning, they apply whatever the meaning they want to it. Sometimes it can be good. Sometimes it can be very bad. <laughs> yeah, the white bear effect. Nice. Uh, so I saw this. And I was just like, yeah, it's about goddamn time. Why didn't the military do that sooner? And then I was like, hmm. I remember uh, when I was in the military, we would do um, walkthroughs of our soldiers' barracks just to make sure they were hygienic, basically. And uh, 
one of our soldiers had a huge Confederate flag, um, like right over his bed. And he was a blatant racist and I mean, bigot. I mean, he was just a, he was actually a really nice individual, <laughs> but, but he was a straight up fucking racist. Uh, and we just turned, you know, just turned the other cheek, just let him do his thing. Like, okay, that's, that's how you want to play it. As long as when you're on duty, you're doing everything that we tell you to do and you're following, you know, military law, then I don't, I don't care if you have that fucking flag or not. That doesn't mean anything to me. Um, because let's be honest, be, just because anyone has that flag does not mean they're a racist. Again, as Doc pointed out, most people see it as rebellion, as to symbolize rebellion. Um, Satanism, Satan himself, the rebel, the rebel angel, like that's what we connect with metaphorically too. So I, I get it. I, I understand that concept of it. Um, and so just because you have that symbol does not mean you carry the baggage that that symbol carries. Just like that. Because I have the wolf song does not mean that this rune that Nazi Germany took and made into a symbol of hate means that I carry all that hate with me either. It doesn't. I take the original fucking rune meaning of werewolf or beast as a, an ode to our satanic perspective. You know? So no, I, I, it bothers me whenever I see anyone trying to ban or destroy or anything. I don't mind if, if a community makes a decision and then they move forward and do something like take statues down and stuff. What I do mind is when citizens go up and just tear them down. That bothers me. Um, I don't mind when the military bans this flag from everything because the military has to have different rules than civilians. But I would mind if a town bandit, for example. I can understand it. they don't want it on state property or public property that they govern, but for individuals, I mean, that's, you, you, that's just, that's free speech in my opinion. As stupid as it may be, it's free speech. So I just, I saw this article. And I was like, I got to speak to this, speak about this. This is ridiculous. What, what the fuck? How could this possibly, <laughs> because, and let's be honest, um, you know, the, the theme of this episode is very much wrapped around what these protests are about. It's about this country with its heritage of subjugation of specific ethnicities on an ongoing basis to today, from its inception to today. And then the protection of those who encourage that behavior. And here's the difficult part. I don't ever want to silence a Nazi from speaking or a white supremacist or a Klan member. I wish they would take the hood off and take the responsibility, as most white supremacists nowadays do, take the responsibility of their words and own up to who they are if they're going to speak. And most of them do nowadays. And I think that's a good thing, not because of what they're saying, but because it's open, it's out there. People can judge it on their own terms. There's no mystery. There's no secrecy. There's no allure to it, right? So let them speak. Let everyone speak. Don't ban it. Don't hide it. Don't bury it. Because these are human emotions. They've always been that way. In all time, in all of history, 
One group of humans have subjugated another group of humans. That's just the way humans are. We are tribal like that. It is our lizard brain of survival and banding together to the strongest, to, you know, the victor go the spoils. That is what human beings do. We create and we destroy. Sometimes that means stepping on some heads. So we, as Satanists, I, I have to take a sort of third perspective, this uncomfortable perspective and saying, I don't agree with the act. I have compassion for those that are being subjugated. Uh, but this is a natural part of human behavior. So we're not going to eliminate it. We can legislate it. And I'm fine with that. I encourage that. I champion that on a public level, but on a personal level, that's always going to be there because we're human. Yeah. Um, all right, let me see here. What's going on in the chat? You agree with the ban on military bases? Don't agree with it elsewhere. Yep, here, here, Sean. Uh, here in Germany, a lot of symbols are banned. Yeah, yeah, Osmodeus. Um, I have a problem with that. I don't, I don't like it at all. I love Germany, though. I mean, I love the, the culture, the people. My time there was great. Um, the Nazis stole so much to create their aesthetic. Yeah, um, but that's all, all humanity does that. Everyone does that. Satanism is that. <laughs> the entire satanic Bible is taken from pieces of, of all over, you know? It's not, it's not like birthed out of the devil's womb itself. Apparently the devil's a woman. Um, hating for just the color of one's skin is ignorant as one can get. Yeah, I absolutely agree. But people do it. It's natural. It's human. It's always been that way. It will always be that way. Some people will always just hate people. How, how bad is it to be absolutely indifferent to the majority of all humans on this planet like I am and for others to truly dislike ethnicities for whatever reason or genders or sexual proclivities for whatever reason? I mean, it's just a feeling. Mine's a lack of concern. Theirs is a disgust or a hatred. As long as they don't act on it in this society, then who gives a fuck? That's human. That's natural. Is hating someone worse than loving everyone? Right? You hate a certain group for whatever reason. Is that worse than loving everyone? I don't think it's worse. I think it's as bad. <laughs> because again, you know, mass indifferent blanket and then take everyone as individuals. Um, uh, let's say what they want to say. Let them reap their own folly. I, 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 ex excellent. It's a great book, Gary. What book? Lords of the Left Hand Path is a great chapter on Nazi occultism and their use of ceremony and symbols for their purpose of manipulation. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Rome. You know, the Roman Empire did that beautifully. Uh, let me get to know a person I can come up with completely legit reason why I hate them. <laughs> I don't need to just go by skin color. No, you're absolutely right. Uh, that's fine. I have a boost, uh, a boot for them, so you don't need to say anything. Nice. Um, yeah, so uh, we're, we're going on this same tour of ideas, of thoughts, of as long as the individual treats, makes decisions for themselves and not for some greater construct, whether it's a religion or a philosophy or a lifestyle or whatever, 
then you're generally okay. Do your thing, right? At least that's how I see it. Um, absolute value, they reach the same levels of incompetence. Oh, man. I don't, uh, I don't know what that's in reference to. Okay, let's do uh, the last segment here because we're running long. I knew this one was going to be long. Well, we're getting there anyway. Creature feature. Altruism versus mass hate. <laughs> the battle of the millennia. That's <laughs> right, Zachary. Um, all right, Glory. Who hasn't seen this? I mean, it's like I got to see it a couple times a year. I absolutely adore this film, and I have to. Um, because it speaks to me for whatever reason. Uh, it is a 1989 American war film directed by Edward Zwick about the 54th Massachusetts Infantry uh, Infantry Regiment, the Union's Army's second African-American regiment in the American Civil War. Matthew Broderick stars as Colonel Robert Gould Shaw. It also has Denzel Washington as Private Silas Tripp, Carrie Elwes as Major Cabot Forbes, and Morgan Freeman as Sergeant Major John Rawlson, and Andre Brower as Corporal Thomas Searles. They're the major players in it. It had an $18 million budget and $27 million box office take, and it's still going. It is still going. The logline is as thus. Robert Gould Shaw leads the U.S. Civil War's first all-black volunteer company, fighting prejudices from both his own Union Army and the Confederates. So, during the American Civil War, Captain Robert Shaw, injured at Antietam, is sent home to Boston on medical leave. There, he's offered a promotion to a colonel commanding the 54th Massachusetts Infamy, uh, Infantry Regiment, the first all-volunteer, all-black uh, company. He asks his friend Cabot Forbes to serve as his second-in-command with the rank of Major. And so their first volunteer is their friend, Thomas Searless, a bookish, free African-American. Uh, quickly, they learn that in response to the Emancipation Proclamation, the Confederacy has issued an order that all black soldiers will be returned to slavery. Uh, black soldiers found in Union uniform will be executed as well as their white officers. They are offered but turned down a chance to take an honorable discharge. Uh, Private Tripp goes AWOL and is caught. Shaw orders him to be flogged in front of the regiment. He learns that Tripp left to find shoes because his men are being denied supplies. So... Colonel Shaw goes and confronts the base racist quartermaster on their behalf. He also supports his men in a pay dispute. The federal government decreases the black soldiers, um, decrees that the black soldiers will only get paid $10, not the $13 a month that all white soldiers receive. So when he found that out, he tore up his voucher for pay to support his men in solidarity. In recognition of the regimental leadership, Rollins is promoted by Shaw to the rank of Sergeant Major. So, General George Strong informs Shaw of a major campaign to secure a foothold at Charleston Harbor. Uh, the 54th leads the charge on the fort, suffering serious losses. They knew it was probably going to be a death warrant, but they all wanted to do it anyway, just to show how, how um, 
well-trained and proud they were of what they were doing, right? They were willing to sacrifice themselves for a cause that's greater than themselves. Uh, in the context of this film, it's fantastic. The courage demonstrated by the 54th resulted in the United States accepting thousands of black men for combat, and President Abraham Lincoln created, uh, credited them with the turning the tide of war in the Civil War. This film spoke to the African-American experience from multiple viewpoints, which I really appreciated. Um, and it's why it has always spoken to me, because it not only gives you the perspective of racist whites, but also whites who don't think that they're racist and yet exhibit racist behavior. So it's interesting to see that duality um, of those who do not live the experience, because we're seeing it today. We're seeing it right now in today's society, who think that they're liberal and uh, will do everything they can to help uh, African-American causes, but when faced in the park with a bird watcher who tells you to put your leash on your dog, the white liberal still calls the police saying a black man is threatening her with her life. So how is that <laughs> not racist, right? It speaks to the African-American experience from the slave culture to the soldier culture. It speaks to the African-American experience from the freed African-American man to the former slaves, their perspective of each other, which I've never seen in another film before. I watched this and I thought it was really great. You get the, the military perspective of how it treats white men versus black men. And then you get the rank structure, which just brings out the animosity between a black man who was on equal levels with another black man and now is given a higher rank in pay. So now he's supposed to give him more respect. He's supposed to give him more uh, trust and do as he says, follow his orders. But it's just the guy you knew next to you. These are, these are situations that all soldiers deal with. And so it's normal for us. But for those who never had, for civilians, it may not even be a concept they have ever thought about. But that tension, that human expression, I find so incredible. I love it to death. And any chance I get to inform myself about other cultures, regardless of the culture, I actually find very invigorating. I'd love learning about it. Um, yeah, uh, Valerie says, wonderful movie. Absolutely it is. Um, which uh, memorial was recently defaced. <laughs> Fucking. Uh, Brad says, I haven't seen that movie in years, although I'm thinking I just saw it advertised on one of my channels. It's one of those where I'm, I'm constantly thinking about it. So um, that that moment when they were all in, together praying, but they were doing this song. Oh, my Lord, Lord. That one. Um, I love that scene. It It's like, it's it's gospel and blues, which even as a Satanist, I absolutely adore. Um, maybe not so much for the message, <laughs> but certainly for the musicality. I love it. Uh, I love that call and response that you get. Um, but there's just a lot of scenes in this that just speak to me. And I, I don't pretend to understand why. I, I, I'm not going to extrapolate anything on top of it. I'm not going to try to come up with some crazy idea. I'm just going to accept that on a human level, 
I feel immense compassion for these African-American men and women of Civil War era. So how could I not feel the compassion that I do genuinely feel in me when I see it today on video live? It's, it's, I, I just, I can't comprehend how this is not how everyone understands and sees it. It's, it's um, uh, ridiculous to even suggest that everyone should think and feel the same way I do. I, I, I'm not suggesting that at all. Um, it's solipsistic. But certainly, that's how I see that entire situation. Uh, like, with compassion, this is a human being. Why, why are you murdering a human being even if they did have a counterfeit dollar? I don't, it doesn't matter. It, I don't understand it or murder them because they sold a cigarette. Illegally? Sure. Murder? Who are you, Judge Dredd? What are you, RoboCop? No, we have laws. So, it, it just drives me crazy that we have all this reflection in our history telling us the story of pain and subjugation and yet we fail to see that it's actively still happening. Whether it's with absurd voting laws, only having primary elections during the pandemic with fewer locations open for people to vote in, disenfranchising people to even go out and vote in the first fucking place, creating more and more hoops and barriers between voting and actually um, uh, incentivizing individuals to go out and vote so that they won't go out to vote. Right now, we're tamping down members of our society. And it's not just African Americans in this context, but it's a large portion of this society that we just don't want to vote because they won't vote our way. Maybe they will, but you won't know because you think they won't, right? Um... And uh, how's it going, David? So I, I, I have a, a real genuine hard time. And, and the reason why I came with this whole concept of compassion and the African-American experience uh, for this show was because this past week, it, it sort of hit an emotional boiling point for me. Um, and I was so pleased to have been so terribly wrong about how all these protests were going to turn violent and how they stopped it was like clockwork. Last week, I was raging about how it was so pointless to go out and protest because they're always turning into violence. And then suddenly, it stopped. And the violence stopped. And now it's just peaceful protests, which is your civic duty, which is protected by the Constitution. And I dig that. And yet, you still see the National Guard and the local legal authorities, whether they're police officers or, or whatever, um, acting as if they're all violent when they're not. Like, you can watch the video. You see the peaceful demonstrations, and then you see the forces of oppression roll in, shooting tear gas and rubber bullets. Why? It's legal for them to do that. Why are you setting up curfews when there's no violence? Why are you upholding curfews when there's no violence? And how do you not feel compassion for members of your society 
of people who are going to be voting side by side with you. Maybe not in the same cause that you're voting for or the direction that you're voting, but that's the greatness of this nation, right? That's the promise of this nation is that it doesn't matter if you disagree, take it to the ballot box. And then you have your peaceful transitions of power. But what's peaceful about what's going on? And how do you not feel for that? How do you not have compassion for that? I don't know, man. I do. And in, in this last week hit a real emotional boiling point for me. Um, and the last time I felt like this was, you know, when I was sitting in uh, staff duty at 9-11 when it hit in Germany. And I was just sitting there and the first moment of, of like peace and quiet as the night, you know, was was hitting on us and everyone was mobilized in the different companies and and they're going out to guard their respective areas. And so the 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 CQ area was very, very quiet. And I could just sort of think and this emotion flooded me that I was shoving to the side because I had to deal with duty first, right? But now I had a moment and it just hit me and it was too much so I couldn't hold it in anymore and I just sort of let it out. That's what this week was for me. Um, so yeah, I go out and I vote. Uh, I don't protest because quite frankly, I have a job and I need to make money and that's more important to me. <laughs> but I still feel the compassion for the situation, for the cause of the protests, for the voices that are being heard now. It's, it's different, you know? And to not feel that, for me, would not be human. And that's what we are before everything. We're human, right? My tribe is my chosen family. But I have an extended family, an extended tribe. Those who agree upon the rules of the society that I live in. And if I can ensure that they have the best of opportunities, that just benefits me because that means that I have the best of opportunities. So why wouldn't we do that? It's benefiting you directly to do it. Why wouldn't you do it? It doesn't make sense. What are you, a leech? You expect everyone else to do it for you? Like you deserve it? Nothing's free. Nothing. I was in a, I was in our, this is the last, my last point and then I'll shut down the show. I was in a, a, a humanities class in college and uh, a guy was up uh, giving some sort of speech about something and uh, someone had mentioned uh, the idea of a draft and he was like, I'd never do a draft. Fuck that. I'll never, I'll never, you know, serve uh, my country at all. And uh, I couldn't help but sort of stand up. Cause I, you know, I was right out of the military at this point um, and give my two cents on this because we live in a country where you can do nearly anything that you can imagine. You can do nearly anything you want. You can travel wherever you want, state lines. It doesn't matter. You can go across the entire country in a couple days if you want to do it. No one's going to stop you. In most of them, you can buy firearms and carry them over lines, state lines. In most of them now, you can buy weed and smoke it. They decriminalize some uh, psychedelics. 
We live in an amazing place where no one defines you but you. And you have every opportunity to move out in general. And of course, we have societal issues and you know stuff that is always going to be persistent. But the promise of this society. And the only thing it asks in return is for you to pay your taxes, show up to jury duty, and sign up for the draft. A draft that hasn't been enacted in a very long time and will not because we have people willing to serve. Why wouldn't you do that? With all the benefits that you're getting as a citizen, why would you not go to jury duty and be happy about it? Go vote. It's an opportunity to help change that society, to make it better for you. Self-interest. Sign up for jury duty knowing that if it came down to it, you would then repay everything that you just got by serving for the country, on behalf of the country, for everything that you've had up until that point. It doesn't ask much. It's not a price to pay to do anything you want. And yet we got bitches in this society. Bitches who want to suck the teat of the society, but don't want to give anything back. They want to claim every right without having to earn it or to work for it at all. Fucking worthless leeches. And I'll tell you what, if it was my choice, which it isn't, but if it was my choice, we would just execute them. We'd give them a choice. If you're not going to contribute to society, get out of it. If they say no, get rid of them. Ten cent bullet. Just do it. Why? Why are we keeping them here? They're not contributing to the society. What, because there's human value? No. You're a part of a group that has all agreed to live this ideal. That's the human American ideal. If you do not want to be a part of that, move. Get the fuck out. Go to another country and leech off of them. And this is what I don't understand because we have people dying to come here, to do just that, to live that life, to be willing to pay those prices. And we're telling them, no, we're stiff arming them. And sometimes we're letting them die or we're killing them ourselves. Meanwhile, we're protecting the fucking leeches that we have here. Why? Because they were born here. They deserve everything that's handed to them. No. But. I accept that we live in a society that we live in, the promise of the society. And that's what I strive for, right? That promise that America has, not the America that is, because that is not the promise. That's why you have to continue voting. That's why I think it's healthy to show an individual level of compassion. All right, I'm going off on rants here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I know this is more of an amorphous, weird episode. Um, and I don't know. Are you guys open with, like, because I already came in with my closing comments on that uh, compassion and Satanism bit. But I wanted to walk through the process of thought. You know what I mean? Um, because I think it's helpful. Uh, I don't know. If it's annoying, let me know and I won't do it again. But um, I do like to have the conversation. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't take my political <laughs> knowledge, uh, and action from comedians. <laughs> he 
even though I love George Carlin, I think he's funny as shit. Um, I don't look to comedians for choices because <laughs> that's more insane to me. Absolutely. I, I, don't, I just don't understand why anyone would like watch a very funny George Carlin bit about not voting and then say, he's right. I'm not going to vote. He's just making you laugh, you dumbass. What, what the fuck are you doing? And even if he doesn't vote, who gives a fuck? Like, he's at his age where he did vote for many years, he contributed for many years, and he's still contributing, at, well, at that time, because um, he's gone now, unfortunately, uh, making these shows and paying taxes. I mean, he's, he's contributing to that society. And he's educating the society, in addition to making them laugh. But why would you ever... Look at any athlete or comedian or, or any one and say, because they said this, I'm going to do that. Fuck that. Make up your own fucking mind. That's why I hate it when people quote to me. They quote me like um, the doctor and stuff. There's nothing worse than that. Shut the fuck up. Who, what am I? Some sort of lemming that's just going to be like, oh, well, Dr. LaVey thought this, so I must think this too. No. He was a human being, and I am a human being. We are not the exact same fucking lemming running around through history and life. And why would a Satanist think that you should be like that as well? Because the doctor thought some way. What, you have to change your mind to see things his way? What is that, in everything? That's biblical in its absurdity. That's Christian in its behavior. So don't fucking quote. <laughs> don't quote fucking... Uh, uh, whether it's our current high priest or the previous high priest or any other fucking Satanist back to me. I don't like that shit. If you cannot come up with a good enough argument on your own, with your own little brain, fuck off and stop trying. Don't even get in the conversation. That's why I try not to quote, because I could just find references where the doctor is talking about happiness and, and loving other people. But I'd rather it come from me as a human being, as an individual Satanist, than to just parrot back what other people have said. You know what I mean? I like to distill Satanism through my own human lens. As far as comedians, I don't mind, Zachary, uh, you throwing that up there. But I certainly hope you did it with tongue planted in cheek. And not because you believe it, because he believed it. You're a smart enough human. I know that just from your commentary. Um... Oh, okay, so I see. Nor do I. Just found it entering. You're absolutely right. It is, it is very funny. Sorry. Yeah, Behemoth's reminding me. You're supposed to shut up, Adam. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. <laughs> oh, got me on a rant. Um, let me know if this is an interesting uh, conversation for format or not, and uh, I'll use that going forward or not. Uh, I hope you guys have a fantastic day, uh, the rest of your day anyway, and until... Oh, wait. If you want to learn more about Satanism and the Church of Satan, check out churchofsatan.com. Read the Satanic Bible. Read the Satanic Scriptures and question. Question Satanism. If it doesn't make sense to you, get out of it. If you find yourself uh, not really believing it, get out of it. Just move on. Or if you realize that, yeah, you really are a Satanist, well, be the best goddamn Satanist on the block. And that means be the best version of you. Right? Right. Until next week, everyone. Hail Satan. <laughs>